and welcome to Season 2 of Preserving Palestine by Gratia Middle East. My name is Lina Sadi, and for this episode, I've invited one of the designers behind the satirical and witty fashion label, Trashy. Please welcome Shukri Lawrence. Hi Shukri, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me on Preserving Palestine. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So to start off, I know that you and your business partner, Omar Breya, run a ready-to-wear label called Trashy Clothing. Can you tell me a bit more about how both of you met? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Jerusalem. When I was like thinking of studying, I decided to study in filmmaking in Amman. I'll get into why I decided to study filmmaking later, but I came to Amman and we both met each other. We had like also a similar background because Omar also studied TV and media. So it was kind of in the same field, uh, but both of us were very much into fashion. So we discussed, we talked about like, you know, the state of fashion right now. We were like sharing our interests and then we came up together to, with an idea of like starting a label that is a satirical uh, label, satirical take on the fashion, you know, world. But also it's like fully Palestinian it's satire, it's kitsch, it's uh, filled with culture and uh, mainly representing our stories, our family stories, the stories that we hear around us, all in one. Mm -hmm. And how do you balance the workload between both of you? I mean, what are your job roles exactly? Are you both creative directors or what is it exactly that uh, distinguishes both of you in within Trashy Clothing? Mainly we're both creative directors and designers, mainly. And but also we have like, we kind of like as a smaller team, like as starting out, we do everything in the label, like the logistics, the PR, the et cetera, et cetera, until like we sometimes also like work with some teams, interns, et cetera. But like mainly it's both of us, uh, we share the workload, but creatively, it's a very equal like half-half process we discuss ideas we come up with designs together we talk about like the references that we're thinking of right now what are we uh, reading what are we consuming what are we like what what how can we twist this idea how can we introduce this uh, pattern this concept so yeah it's very much uh, an equal split in the creative side and you're operating from Amman, correct? Yes, yes. We operate everything from Amman, Jordan, for also a political choice as well, uh, because we used to also mainly start, we started out like trying to balance out Jerusalem and Amman, but then, you know, trying to operate a Palestinian brand in Jerusalem, it's hard because first of all, we live under occupation and not everything will fully be Palestinian. You'll have to go through bumps in the way. So fabrics aren't, you know, aren't usually fully like, you know, it, it has to go through Israel. It's not easy to operate a fully Palestinian brand. So we decided to move it all to Amman to fully be a Palestinian and Arab brand that works with Palestinian, like Arab sourced fabrics, and materials, okay. etc. And do you sell online? Do you have like, what's your distribution channel like? Yeah, we sell, we mainly sell our online store, but also now we started out uh, wholesaling, like we, with like retail stores, uh, which we're expanding currently. But yeah, like mainly we started out like through our own personal channel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like this day and age, fashion is so much more than just pretty clothing. It's yeah, if there's no story behind a collection or just an item in general, it's kind of useless and people don't want to buy into that anymore. They want a story. And I feel like you both are the perfect example of that. I feel like you're true storytellers. And I wanted to get an example from you of a certain piece or collection that uh, evokes a certain story that you wanted to, to send across to your audience. For us, like when we started thinking about the, you know, the, the label and how it's going to be like, what it's going to look like, we were very much inspired by the concept of Tatriz. 
and Tatris is very, very much basically storytelling uh, oriented. Each uh, each motif like basically tells a story of a of a place in Palestine, a village, etc. Uh, so it, instead of like taking the actual Tatris and putting on the clothes, we took the idea of the Tatris and the idea of representing our stories, but also today with respecting of our history, trying to look to the future as well of Palestinian and like trying to create pieces that invoke that same concept of storytelling. I can give you two examples of like pieces that are very much you know, storytelling oriented. Um, we have the inspection pants that we've reintroduced at each season. We involve it and add, like, you know, expand the concept. It's called the inspection pants because it was inspired by uh, the undressing that happens, you know, to Palestinians, like walking in the streets. Like for me, for example, like my friends and I, when we were like walking the streets in Jerusalem, we would get random search, like, you know, search requests by, you know, soldiers. Uh, they would undress and like touch our bodies with our consent. It's the idea of consent. And so basically that the trousers, the pants that we made, it has an open zipper. So the wearer can like reclaim that consent of undressing. You know, you can decide when to, you want to undress yourself instead of, you know, losing that, uh, you know, consent. Um, another uh, storytelling oriented like pieces that also we have is the, is the identity hood. We introduced this jacket um, back in autumn, winter 21. It's inspired by uh, uh, the idea of identity, basically, how like Palestinian protesters use t-shirts to cover their faces to, you know, basically hide their identity. But also at the same time, when uh, Israeli police arrest Palestinians, uh, they also cover their faces to hide their identity so that people wouldn't recognize who's being arrested. So that's why you hear in videos sometimes they're like, can you say your name? Who, where, who are you from? What's your age, etc.?" So they can know who's getting arrested. So it's that idea as well of identity, you know, like hiding, preserving, decide who decides to hide the identity, who decides to, you know, do that. So, yeah, this is like, I think our thought process when we design the collection, we try to like take an experience, a story and like put it in a piece with the decision of like the pattern of the piece, the zipper, whereas like, you know, how the print even like basically the fabric, everything that is constructing a piece tells a story. I love that. And, you know, I feel like you guys are poets through doing the screening. <laughs> yeah, that's a film part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and instead of words, you know, you're using it through clothes. And I really love that. And I also love that you use your own experiences as well within those storytelling pieces. So I know that you collaborated with GMBH, which is one of my favorite brands, on a very special T-shirt. I don't know if you did, I mean, a tank top. I don't know if you did more with them but no. I wanted to know more about that and also I know Bella Hadid was spotted wearing it I want to know how that happened or did you find out you know on the spot when the photos were released or did you know that was going to happen how did you feel I want to know everything about that yeah so the GMBH collaboration happened in 2021 uh, uh, during their Paris Fashion Week uh, you know spring summer Paris Fashion Week uh, presentation uh, we contacted them like a prior a couple months ago because we were also like interested in doing something together and they had the idea of like uh, presenting like the, the collaboration during Fashion Week, which was like maybe the first time that Free Palestine was like, you know, presented in Paris Fashion Week, which was also like really amazing to be able to do that because we have like a big archive. We always love to collect archives of everything, like either political posters or like pop culture posters or like the kitsch mood boards, like any, like any type of thing. We have like an archive for it. 
So we looked for at, at our like political Palestinian posters uh, archives, and like we were inspired by this uh, poster of the olive leaf that spelling Palestine, and that's like something that we submitted like and we talked to them about it, and like they loved it. So we basically made it into like that. And a year later, like I think exactly around a year later, uh, Bella Hadid was like seen wearing it. Like we didn't know, like nobody said, like I, from like we did not know. I was even like. Omar and I and our, our friends, we were playing Roblox <laughs> on our like on like our phones, and then I see like a tag like, oh yeah, Bella Hadid just wore that. Like, what? Like it was like very much of a <laughs> of a shock, uh, but it was very like we were very happy like to see her, uh, you know, in the shirt and like supporting the the collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you were very proud of yourself in that moment, you know, as all Palestinians were as well to see her you know, wearing not just a shirt that says free Palestine, but also made by Palestinians. I think that's the important thing as well. Yeah. Um, So you describe your brand as reclaiming Palestinian and Arab identity. Can you tell me a bit more about how you're doing that? What is the identity that you're trying to reclaim? How are you reclaiming it? And by saying reclaim, it's almost uh, sounds like it's been stolen. I want you to explain that. Uh, do you feel that we don't necessarily right now have the control over our own, our own identities as Palestinians? Like, I think reclaim could also mean like many things. Like, it, I can explain it in different ways. How, like, for example, the first part would be uh, through colonization. Uh, the idea of like, the, not even like, you know, colonization, but also the colonization of our minds today, how we think about our culture and how we think about uh, our people, etc., but also at the same time, uh, like b- basically by being proudly Palestinian and proudly Arab, proudly proud of our culture through our label, it's it's we're doing that. We're like proud of we're, we're showcasing our beautiful history, our heroes that we have uh, through through our you know culture. For example, like one of our biggest inspirations for our brand is Naji Al Ali, uh, Palestinian satirical cartoonist. You know, we kind of like we love his like twist and like his like little touch. So that's something also that we try to introduce in like we like in our work and try to you know uh, we are inspired by um another like i guess uh, way we we reclaim uh, like for example the colonization of our minds is the idea of classism or like i guess good taste what today is considered good taste in our culture here like uh, the idea of like these store names for example the idea of elegance or like class etc that idea is we kind of like make fun of it uh, satirically uh because it does play a lot with colonization of like what is class because our culture you know is way more beautiful than whatever you know those like gowns that are like you know considered elegance or whatever so that's that's kind of like in a, in a way <laughs> and i like that's kind of like how we try to like tackle that yeah so i actually had one of my questions for you was about the name of your brand i know about it but i would love for you to speak more about it to the audience because I'm sure everyone listening also, if you're Arab or even just live in the Middle East, I'm sure you've come across at one point or another these, you know, really sketchy, creepy looking stores. No offense to any, (laughs) you know, random parts of almost every city I've been to in the Middle East, to be honest, from Amman to Dubai to Riyadh, you know, in, in certain areas in those cities. And they always have the, you know, the funniest names. Um, so I want you to speak more about that because I think you'll do it justice way more than I will. 
it's basically you know because at the in the fashion industry the idea of uh, you know uh, elegance or like sh- being chic or you know that idea of glamour is is very much you know the goal so for us when we started you know trash building we want to start with like we want to start from zero like we wanted to start like we were thinking why why is it that paris milan and new york are the fashion capitals for example what how is it only there why you know why why is that what dictates what fashion is so we wanted to like start from zero basically of like there's no standards there's nothing there's no rules you can make your own rules and by that we just wanted to call it trashy clothing inspired by store names that are like you know the nice lady store like like the elegance lady or like um, you know the idea of like a dream the fantasy of luxury the fantasy of uh, glamour it's it's basically an anti luxury luxury label is like what we try to <laughs> play with Uh, so yeah, that's like I guess the origin of the name. I think it's super clever, you know, and witty and ironic, and yeah, I, I love the name. I really, really do. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I'm not going to ask you if you think there is enough representation of queer and genderless Palestinian and Arab creatives and uh, brands, because I think the answer is obviously no. But I do want to ask you why you think that is. I mean, in the 21st century, it's 2023. Why do you think there is still not enough representation? So I think in the Arab world, representation doesn't necessarily is the, is not the same as representation in the Western world. I think for us, uh, for like queer Arabs, our representation is very much like if you know, you know. So for us, this is also what we do in our label. Is like part of it is like you know. Uh, honoring or referencing our queer icons such as Haifa Wahbi uh, Maria Nawal like all these like pop culture icons that are you know queer icons for example like Haifa Wahbi has like you know it's very much of if you know you know so like in a music video for Haifa Wahbi she had the the AIDS ribbon HIV ribbon in her music video like just in, on the set doesn't need to say anything about it but like it's like literally just like pointing to, to like to it in the video So I think that's also the the thing with queer icons in the Arab world is that it's very much if you know you know like Basim Fali the Lebanese drag queen has been on our television since like what like two decades now and it's all our families embrace his work and like we always used to watch them like I, I remember I was like eight years old watching Basim Fali on like Star Academy doing like a eight minute sketch so it was like very much uh, there but like you know it's not like this is like queer representation it was like you know because you know. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the thing here. Like it's 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 also what we try to do with our label is that within our culture, it's very much like you know having a, like a little safe space or not not safe like safe space like trying to like you know make a safe create a safe space for that representation in a way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Where do you see the Palestinian fashion scene being in the next ten years? I mean, the past five, like even three years, there's there's been like a boost of like amazing designers, uh, emerging designers coming out. So I think in the next ten years, we definitely have like a lot more uh, amazing uh, work coming out of the of Palestine. I hopefully think that we will see a lot more names in like in the mainstream fashion industry that are like proudly proudly Palestinian, not not censoring our identity, not you know. Uh, Not trying to change like anything about our story for acceptance. I think our goal is to be proudly Palestinian, be proud of like every every single uh, part of being Palestinian, basically, and uh, you know, thriving 
on the way. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> My next question for you is actually the most exciting one in, in, to me, at least. I'm really excited to your answer for this. So I want you to imagine for a second that Palestine isn't and was never occupied. We all wish. <laughs> and I want you to tell me how you think your life and your brand would look in comparison to how it looks today. How would you know, your life and the brand look if there was no occupation ever? I think a big part of our brand is a reaction to pain. The idea of, I guess, the satire would maybe not be the same way it is now because that pain is not there, which yani, yani, that's literally what yani, hopes, like we really, I wish it was, you know, not there. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, like, that's a, just, I don't know what, how it could look like without, you know, what it is now. So maybe, maybe it could be a, like a celebration of, uh, of culture, a celebration of stories. Like for example, my, my, my mom is Armenian. Uh, so I'm half Armenian. Uh, and that, that, sto that story of like, you know, uh, of Palestine having so many different, you know, communities that are not also only Arab, also like having Armenians that are live, lived in Palestine since like forever. There's an Armenian quarter in like in the old city. Uh, I think it would be maybe a celebration of 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 that of the idea of like Palestine the way it, like it's like you know had different cultures in one kind of in one place yeah I think that would well, that what that's what I guess it could look like yeah you know I think it's really interesting because with I mean don't get me wrong I wish that was the case I wish there was no yeah. occupation but yeah. also without that maybe we all wouldn't be where we are today. You know, I don't think that I would even be a journalist because I don't think there would be anything worth writing about or fighting for. You know, there'd be no real purpose to my life. I feel like I'd actually be very lost. I'm sure, you know, you you can relate to a certain degree maybe that it's almost a bit depressing to admit or to say because it's almost like we're masochists. Like we have gotten so used to the occupation and to resist and to fight. But the bright side, I think, is that it makes us stronger and it's part of our identity, you know, and it makes us uh, just that much more attached to our identity, I think. Yeah, we, we're all heroes. <laughs> <Passing> yeah. heroes. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> so my last two questions to you are questions that I ask everyone, all of my guests. First one is, if you could meet any Palestinian, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I think Najil Ali, because of his, like, honestly, he's very, he's a genius. And uh, I'd love to know, learn more about, you know, uh, his thought process coming up with, you know, daily sketches that are each, each sketch has been like, you know, insanely creative and powerful. Uh, so yeah, I think Najil Ali would be uh, like the choice. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And what's the worst and the best part about being Palestinian in your eyes? Hmm. I think the the best I saw with the best part is like being able to be part of like heroes, you know, like Palestinian heroes, like the the like people, uh, you know, so many like writers, so many poets, so many you know artists with like resilience and there were like so much resilience and being part of like people on the ground, like resisting and fighting for, you know, 
their own, you know, lives and like land and like their what's just basically. So being part of that is honestly the best thing. Being being proudly part of that. The worst, I think, the misinformation or like the yeah, the misinformation that the the outside world tries to share about us or like to dehumanize us. I guess that's yeah, like that is bad. Like that is the worst thing I think of being Palestinian. It's, it's basically trying like people try, like trying to share misinformation, dehumanize us, to twist the story, to make it seem like, uh, uh, you know, like to use like terminology that ruins, like, like this, like basically dehumanizes us. I think that's the worst part of it. And, and at the same time, being able to resist that is also the best part. <laughs> yeah. You see, you, I think you perfectly got what I was trying to get at because yeah. not, a, not everyone does, but that's why I asked this question, because often the best and the worst parts are usually related somehow. Don't yeah. yeah. away what they are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining. And yeah, thanks for, for joining me to help preserve Palestine. It was really, really nice speaking to you. Thank you. And it was nice speaking to you, too. My name is Lina Sadi, and we thank you for listening to this episode of Preserving Palestine by Grazia Middle East. Tune in for a new episode next Wednesday.